I cannot. But thank you, Sai. <laughs> Why are you messing up? That's not a mess up. That is just That's pure transparency. Welcome back to another episode of the Doggone Truth About Rescue. If you could not tell already, tonight's episode is about cats. Finally, for all of our cat and kitten lovers out there, this episode is dedicated to you and all of the cats still in need of a forever home, foster or adoption through Always and Forever and any other rescue for that point, because I feel like they are often forgotten about. So let's kick it off. We have two special guests with us tonight. Sai, would you like to introduce them? Sure. We have Beth Woodred, close, and we have again Shelby Coxon. Um, Beth is, we call her the cat lady. <laughs> Beth, if you can introduce yourself and, well, I did introduce you. I'll help out here. How did you get involved with Always and Forever, and what is your current title? So my current title is Cat Coordinator, a.k.a. Crazy Cat Lady, but I did not start at Always and Forever with cats. My son, who just graduated from high school, started in the animal health program at Olathe North, and they had to have EU hours, and we found Always and Forever. Quickly got roped in to the barn and tagged into fostering, and we um, have fostered over nine dogs, but found that um, one of our dogs didn't like other dogs. So um, the opportunity to foster a cat happened. We thought it would be super fun and cute and cuddly and all that. And that's what we were told. Cat that we got was super feral and cute um, and eventually was amazing. Um, But it took six months for us to get Mr. Wally ready for adoption. And then I cried when we found his adopter. Shall we? My turn. I loved Wally, by the way. So, hello, everybody. This is Shelby, and I am the fundraising coordinator, but I also seem to foster fail a lot of cats, especially our special needs cats. So, kind of like Beth, I've always been a dog person, and some people, I my work schedule's just kind of nuts, so... I um, had some people years ago that said, well, why don't you foster cats? They said they're so independent. You'll never know they're there. Somehow every cat I fostered except for like two have been clingy and lovey and cry when I come home. So that was a lie about the cats being independent. But I have now foster failed twice with Chunk and Pam. Uh, They both have FIV. So I can only take certain cats. But with the fundraising and then we try to do some special events specifically for the cat. So perfect. <laughs> anyway, this is <laughs> side note. I have a tab pulled up on my computer of cat puns to use without the episode. So just be on a lookout I for those. Or you have to want to dip it in at some point. Oh, well, you just keep that in your pocket for now. <laughs> but I think we should start out the episode going around. I know you guys just touched on it. But really, before the positions you got into, what is your background experience with cats? Because I think something, maybe why it hasn't come up on an episode is, I know Sai and I aren't really cat people, and I'll go into that after everybody else shares of my background with cats. So yeah, let's dive in. Okay. 
Um, well, I grew up with cats. We always had a cat. D- cats and dogs. Um, we had puppies. We had everything. So, um, and then once I grew up and was out on my own, I always had a cat. So those have kind of always been part of my life. Um, and in addition to dogs, because I currently have my own two cats plus two dogs. Alrighty. So I've, it's not that I ever didn't like cats, but growing up, my mom was a horribly allergic to cats. So we just couldn't have them in the house. We did always, we had dogs quite a bit. Um, and then in my adult life, had a few dogs. Beth, is always and forever your full time? No, 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 not yet. You have to tell your background on cats. <laughs> what about cats? Write me out. Why aren't you a cat person? Because I'm allergic to them. And then if I was to have a cat, you can't have two cats in one house. False. What? Um, That's false. a stereotype of cat ladies. They have multiple. Look at Beth looking at me. Look how Beth is looking at me. <laughs> you remind you, I have two cats. No. I may be middle aged, but I have two cats. I just never go. I don't know. I've never been around cats that much. Now, back. Are you actually allergic? I am. I tested and improved. I promise you. I promise (laughs) you, I am. Are you trying to like question my allergicism? That's not even a word. (laughs) Look at Shelby. (laughs) Shelby, go ahead. Did you have your your hand raised? So, fun fact: I am also allergic to cats. Do you have to take, like, Zyrtec or something? That's true love. So, before, when I would be at the shelter and stuff, like, I was involved with some other shelters before Always and Forever. And when I would first go there, I would just break out and tear up and sneeze and stuff. But the more I was around them, the more I sleep. So, as long as I keep my house picked up and I, I brush them a lot. and Because I can tell. I start sneezing and sniffling real bad when, like, I've been busy and my house isn't as it should be. So, Shelby, like, I literally start, like, I need my um, inhaler. That's how I am with cats. Oh, yes. okay. So maybe you're a little farther along than me. Like, yes, they do get me. But at the, mo- the more I've been you around don't believe them, me, huh? it kind of builds yeah. up an immunity almost a little bit. It's kind of. It does. Yeah, the more but, you're around it. But it, it sounds like your, your baseline's a little higher. I am, and I'm not lying, <laughs> Sheila. Beth, you have your hand raised up. I did. I would like to say that one of my fosters has to have shots. She's so allergic to cats. But she still fosters or adopts. She, she loves, she's done both. She loves them so much that she doesn't care. And on top of that, I have a dear friend of mine who is a huge cat person. And when she met her now husband, she told him, she said, I'm never getting rid of my cat. So you need to figure it out. So he's been on allergy shots ever since. And they have been married. Oh, my gosh. I don't even remember. 20 years if he wanted to he would they've been married for a long time i'm just going to share my background on cats and why i'm so hesitant please do so you can leave me alone uh, we had a cat growing up in my family, one, Rosie. She was black and white. I'll never forget. And she would attack my brother, Fred, I know you won't listen to this, while he was sleeping. Like, unprovoked would just attack my brother. And so we finally had to get rid of Rosie because he would wake up with, like, scratches and everything. So that's the first part of why I'm not technically a cat person. Second part, grew up with horses and farm, whatever. So we had barn cats all the way around. One day, the animal lover that I was at the time, a little kitten was like stuck behind something. So I went to grab it to like save it. And it bit me, which then and then it ran away. And then I had to get a series of rabies shots. Let me tell you, doctor's office, two nurses, two shots, two butt cheeks. I've heard those are not fun. No. 
And then you have to go back for the set of seven. And then I had to miss out on a family vacation to Tennessee, all because of a kitten. It's so it was my, just scared. Those were my two interaction with cats. So ever since. That's why you should spay and neuter and vaccinate yes. your pet. Yes, yes. Agree. Yes. Thank you, Bob Barker. <laughs> Let me tell you, the first two cats they gave me were specifically because I had no other animals in the house that I fostered. They literally said these things are crazy. No one can touch it in the kennel. We just stick the food in there like it tries to attack us when we open its kennel. And I had this one. It was the second cat I ever fostered. And as soon as I brought him home, put her, sorry, it was a her, put her in my spare bathroom that I didn't really use very much. And as soon as I put her in there, she went over and ate and rolled over and let me pet her belly. So sometimes they're just in the shelter that's why it's so much better and i'll let beth talk about this more but to get them out of a shelter and be in foster i think is even more important for cats versus dogs i mean dogs need out too don't get me wrong but i think especially for cats because they can be such a different animal in that crazy town of a shelter you know and then i end up with pam who's still crazy so it doesn't really matter but <laughs> you can go back to your question that i cut you off of asking beth i forgot what i was doing what she does during the day Beth is always and forever your part-time or full-time job. Always and forever is my sort of part-time job because technically I am a human resources manager um, for a call center. um, And that's what I do during the day. But I work always and forever pretty close to full-time. In addition to that, um, the CAP program has grown and um, we work really hard to try to save as many as we can. We appreciate that. Last week we had Jen on and she was talking about what's happening in Wichita and that cats are also involved in that. Before we get into that estimate number, how many cats are currently within Always and Forever, either fosters or available for adoption? Right now it is the middle or towards the end of kitten season. So we tend to have a... Not to interrupt you, Jen said we were supposed to ask about what kitten season was. So if you could also go into... Describing that. Okay. So I'll back up a little bit. I never knew there was such thing. Never knew there was such thing. Um, I'm not a professional cat person. um, So everything I've learned has been learned as I go. And from learning from other rescues and other friends that I've made through the cat uh, world. And so kitten season is about February, March till September, almost all year. But, um, You know, so we get um, a little bit of a break. It's already starting to a little bit kind of slow down, um, but which is even more important to get the the spaying and neutering of those pets because it's uh, the cats can get pregnant very, very young. Sometimes the mamas are look just as young as the as the kittens when they're adopted. It's really um, sad. But probably to go back to your question about numbers, um, I should have looked at that before I came, but. I've just recently won five more fosters in the past week. So we've been able to, when the more fosters we have, the more um, kittens we can save. And the kind of cool thing about kittens is generally, it's kind of like puppies when they come in a litter, they're going to go to one home. And so uh, we don't split them up. If they, if they come with their mama, we always keep them with their mom because quite honestly, that's easier. Um, Because then you only have to take care of mama. But I probably have 70, close to 70 kittens and cats at this time. When you say you, at your house? 
No, not in, not in my house. Certified cat lady Beth. Yes. She does have a lot. So um, I have just recently become state certified as part of our rescue. And so um, we do have, with the city and the state, we have certain numbers that I personally have to stay under and um, at my house in the cat lounge, but throughout Foster's and PetSmart in Olathe, because we have all the kennels at PetSmart in Olathe. Okay, so last week I seen a video that you post, I think, there's cats in your basement there's even kittens how many kittens are there in your basement girl depends on which video you were watching because that can change from day to day whether that means that they've moved on to another foster or maybe they've been adopted um, we do just like the dog side we do foster to adopt once they hit a certain age because kittens are very very fragile and then once they're over eight weeks, they can go to PetSmart. They have to be fully vetted. That means they have to be spayed and neutered, um, vaccinated, combo tested, and, um, and then we chip all of our animals. How long do cats typically stay once they get into PetSmart? Because I feel like that's a lot more in and out people seeing them. PetSmart in Olathe has been a godsend. I mean, I, it's, it is absolutely makes the biggest difference because just like you said, there are people are in and out. They have much more exposure. Um, a lot of the kittens do get adopted before they even go to PetSmart because they get adopted straight from um, our Facebook pages. Typically, uh, right now, the summer is always slower for adoptions, so I anticipate them to um, pick up really quickly. But kittens, sometimes they don't even stay overnight. That is so good. And one thing I will say, and I know this, we've talked about it before with puppies too, but also with kittens, is don't forget about the older ones. They have a special place in my heart. I know kittens are cute, like puppies are cute, but they grow up. Also, like with the FIV cats, like I said, I advocate hard for my two FIV babies. So FIV cats can live a good long life, just like any other cat. You just, they have to stay indoor cats. You need to take them every year to get their vaccinations and all that stuff. It depends on who you ask, but for the most part, they say to have them just live with other FIV cats. So with mine, I'm a huge mama bear. If somebody gets the sniffles, they go straight to the vet just in case because I've they've made me a pack that they're going to live forever. So, but, but truly, I joke, but truly FIV cats can live very long lives. People tend to kind of get antsy about that. And I just, I advocate. So if it's ever a, you know, FIV three-legged one-eyed cat, they're mine. But please consider the adult cats because they're wonderful. We're going to get back to what were the acronyms you were just using? FIB. FIB. Cat ladies. FIB. We're going to get back to that. Okay. Because that is a very big topic that we're going to talk about. The comparison between kennel cough, parvo, everyone is so known in the dog world. But we'll get back to the cats. I have a question, though, about outside of your basement, the cat lounge, Mm -hmm. and PetSmart. Where do the other cats live that are under Always and Forever that are not in Foster? The only other place would be at the Osawatomie Pound. Kind of a good thing to learn about Osawatomie Pound is until we have our new building, any kittens that come there have to come to me immediately because there's not 24-hour care. The kennels are not created for that small of a creature because some of those kittens are very very tiny you know they could be five ounces and um they they just they won't survive dina the manager of the pound um, will reach out to me and we'll figure that out and we've heard stories we had them on for an episode and the one feral cat that was loose that they were we've heard stories about the feral cats at 
Osawatomipau, and I also learned how to say that during that episode. But continue. <laughs> yeah, and then they also get it. So I think what's interesting there, too, is we do, like Shelby was saying, is the adult cats are just as important, and we do get um, strays there at Osawatomie. And once they are fully vetted straight from Osawatomie, what happens is a, um, a vet driver will take them to the vet. They'll get spayed, neutered, whatever they need done, and then I will pick them up and take them to PetSmart because truly for the adult cats, PetSmart is what is important for the adult cats. How many cats does PetSmart hold at a time? That will it depends um, on if there are kittens because then they can go in one kennel. Adult cats, generally, we put them all one in each in each kennel, and there are eight kennels there. Thank you for the clarification. Let's get back to the diseases for cats. Because I always see the post of the puppies with parvo, kennel cough, things that they can overcome. But when it comes to cats and I hear these acronyms that you say, tell us more about them. What are the symptoms? How can they be prevented? And are the cats still adoptable when they have them? So there's a couple of different, and I will fully admit, kind of like Beth said when she was talking, I'm not a cat expert, Mm -hmm. but... Like I said, my two have FIV, which is pretty common for outdoor cats. So it's, I, I forget what FIV specifically stands for, but it's literally the cat version of HIV is what it is. It's a, it's an immune disease. So my cats basically have pretty much little to no immune system is what it is. So that's why they have to stay indoor cats, make sure you stay up on their vaccinations. But one thing that's important to note is for cats to, um, contract FIV, they have to fight each other hard enough that they, where they both share blood. Yeah. So it's it's a lot like HIV where it's contracted through blood or other mm-hmm. things like that. So, so it's not easy to get. Yeah, it's not easy to get. So both of mine came from a hoarding situation and they were indoor-outdoor cats. Actually, they came from the same place. I got them at different times. Long story. <laughs> they came from basically the same place and both contracted FIV. There's also, it's called, I, I, I don't know exactly how you say it, but live is another one I hear about, which is a feline leukemia. I don't have any experience with that, but um, FIV and live cats are very, very hard to get placed just because of that stigma again. But I mean, they can live good long lives. I mean, I make sure and give mine toys and other things to keep them active. Also to keep their brain, to keep their brain active too, to keep them up and moving so they don't sleep all day. So little stuff like I have a bird feeder out back outside of my office because I work remote. They'll sit there all day and instead of sleeping, they're at least up and they're watching the birds and the squirrels and everything else. I got them this huge tube that they run through in my house. Again, just to keep their weight down. That's another thing is you want to keep their weight good. Um, One of my cat's names is Chunk. So you can imagine how difficult that is. He fits his name. I do try to find any ways to stimulate their mind and their body just to keep them going because that just keeps them healthy. Um, They do have to be on. I give them the good food. You know, I keep them on, you know, good indoor cat food for weight control and things like that. Is that science diet, diet science? It is. It actually is science So they have that for cats too? They do. Oh. They do. So we get that, that good old package comes every few weeks. And so, um, so again, I know I'm rambling, but, um, again, they're, they get a stigma, but they're not, they could live long lives. I mean, there's a few accommodations you have to make, but they're literally perfect. I joke, I call them perfect. Yeah. (laughs) They're my, I joke, I call them my perfectly imperfect family. That's what we are. So, so to, to add on to that with Shelby's, um, FIV cats is we have had, um, a few cats that have 
um, come back as FIV once they go to the vet and get tested. And when they go to PetSmart, it does take them longer, like she said, to get adopted. But I have a team of volunteers that help me at PetSmart. In fact, I say help me. They do all of it. Um, pretty much, and uh, they cry when the FIV cats get adopted because they get so attached, and they know how hard it is, and the person that usually, you know, that, that adopts them is very emotional about it, too, because they understand. So it's been, we've had, I don't know, probably five or six that we've had through the years. Um, we've been doing cats for about a little over three years, probably. I was going to say, uh, speaking on that note, when I foster FIV cats, like my last foster just got adopted a couple of months ago. His name was Trago. And I joked, but it's true. I told Beth I was going to return my two and keep Trago. But thankfully, very quickly, a friend of mine was interested in him and he spoiled rot. And I get texts all the time with photos and stuff. He's literally... Like on the 4th of July, I was talking about like my little girl cat Pam has to take Traz now sometimes because she's interesting. But um, we were talking on the 4th of July and I she had messaged me about, you know, cat stuff. And I said, oh, mine are kind of freaking out of the fireworks. And she goes, oh, really? Trago's perfect. And I go, I know he is. <laughs> that's why I was so sad. But luckily, he got adopted pretty quick. So the networking piece, and I think that's the most important part is the more we can network them. I know Beth talked about that before, be, them being at PetSmart is amazing but if they're in foster if that foster's doing a real good job of yes. putting them in the adoptables page and really promoting them that helps a ton too because it is harder to get the FIV cats adopted so FIV cats can't go outside Correct. which makes me have to ask what are the views i don't know if this is a touchy subject for cat owners of inside and outside cats so if you adopt a cat through always and forever because i adopted kingston through and kind of went through the mm -hmm. application and everything else of like can you yes tell me the <laughs> rules of adopting cat through always and forever and the conversation between having an indoor and outdoor cat so we ask that all cats stay indoor um unless you are um, at a farm and you are adopting one of our feral cats that should that doesn't want to live in somebody's home doesn't want to live in an apartment doesn't want to live in a town he he or she wants to be outside um wants to be mousing wants to um you know do what outdoor cats do and so there are people that want barn cats and and it's really just as exciting to get them adopted um i just had one adopted this um this weekend doodle bear out of my basement to uh, and let me tell you having a feral cat in your house is super easy they do they don't want anything to do with you so they just want to be fed and have fresh water and um and sit in a window or whatever but Doodle Bear um, went to a friend of mine's that um, has a barn, and uh, so he's there. But we've had um, Osawatomie gets a lot of, of barn cats. So those are different. They obviously are going to be outside because they are meant to be outside cats. Um, but for the most part, the contract actually says in the adoption contract that you will keep them inside. I know another touchy subject with cat owners is declawing. Oh, yeah, I saw Shelby's reaction. She cringed. Another rule. Another rule. So can we go into detail about that with Always and Forever if I wanted to adopt a cat that was not declawed but wanted my cat declawed? What are the rules there? 
So we ask that um, in the contract it says you will not do that. Um, there we try to give different options, you know, different options of things that people can do to have them because the biggest thing is that they don't want them to scratch the furniture and they they make these hilarious little nails that you can put on your cats now they also make things that you can put around your furniture things you can spray so there are options also it is a behavior so it's kind of like same with dogs you have to you know you train them and the cats can be trained too to not do some of those things but they have to be consistent and you know, just like with your kids or your dogs your pet whatever pet you have to be consistent whether that's a spray bottle or whatever to to distract them from because it is something that they want to do we have cat trees are a huge help because it gives them the opportunity to to scratch like where the rope is or sometimes there's carpet if you watch my morning videos you'll see different cat trees and i've been blessed with a middle school um, that built two of them for me um yes but we do sometimes get um, cats adult cats that have been declawed and if they've been declawed they get adopted really fast and it's very sad and it's very brutal to them I don't know how much we want to go into this topic. Shelby? Probably not. I won't go into it too much, but I think... Here's what I'll just say is, please Google what goes into it, because it's not like trimming somebody's nails. Mm -hmm. Like, you're literally taking them down to a knuckle. Like, you're removing part of their... What would be our fingers? So, I just like... Like Beth said, I have those... On the corners of my couch, I have these clear things Mm -hmm. that, like, stick to it. And then I have a bunch of, like, scratchy posts and other things. Mine don't do it too much. Actually, mine, Pam's a jerk. And what she'll do is when she wants attention, she will look directly in my eye. She will look me directly in the eye, look over, and start scratching on something. (laughs) She never does it when I'm not there. But there are ways, like Beth said, to take care of that. I think this is a good time. Just a reminder, if you're a new listener, we are not professionals. These are all just our opinions, experiences as owners and dealing within a rescue. So do your own research, make your own opinions. We are not the experts. (laughs) Let me tell you what my what my experience was. My experience learning about cats since TikTok came around, I must have gotten the bad end of the cat TikToks because every TikTok that I seen are cats being just being rude and want to scratch people's faces off. Well, TikTok is an algorithm, so you're watching those videos. But off of TikTok, I want to bring up what is this thing of like the cat effect or it has a name where cats just find you shelby please help us out here <laughs> i love how shelby just races I keep you, know, my- you know what i'm talking about uh, it's called the cat distribution system yes. and it is a real please thing please explain what the cat okay. distribution is I can, I can tell you the perfect example of this so basically you don't choose a cat a cat chooses you oh really a hundred percent Yes, one million percent. So I've had certain cats I fostered and other things. I did not choose them, but they chose me. So you'll see either if they find it outside, whatever it is, that's the cat distribution system, which you got to watch different TikToks, like she said, because there's a lot of, if anybody needs TikTok recommendations on good cat TikToks to watch, Beth and I send each other cat TikToks all the time. Well, this just happened to my brother, sister-in-law, niece. They have a small farm in Tennessee, and I went back for the 4th of July, and a cat 
decided, I think they named it Barney because they weren't sure if it was a boy or a girl at the time, until it had a litter of six kittens because it chose them to have her litter at. So now all of a sudden they have six kittens in their chicken coop in a separate area that they're raising. But I'm like, no, that cat chose you to feel safe enough to have its litter with. And they did the appropriate steps. Uh, Shout out to my sister-in-law, Gail. Paid the $35 to have the shots spayed, neutered before they're given out for the rehoming fees. So that's all she's asking for. But anyways... But yeah, the cat chose them of like, this is where I'm going to have my litter. So one of my most favorite stories of the cat lounge is a, she's probably five years old. And her dad came to, they, she had exactly the kitten that she knew what she wanted. Um, there, we had a little white kitten and that was going to be, oh, it was a boy. She was going to name him King. She even had his name picked out and she sat down on my floor And another kitten that wanted nothing to do with anybody else went up into her lap, curled up, and went to sleep. And and it was not King. It was not the white little kitten. Her dad goes, you know, have you decided? And she goes, well, and I thought this was so amazing for a little five, maybe six-year-old. She goes, well, I think think this kitten chose me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I think. And she's like, and I go, but the little kitten, that's a girl. And she goes, Still is a king, so she still named it king. And that's the kitten she got. Agree with all this. If I were to apply to foster or adopt, is there a limit on how many cats can be in a home at a time? And my mind's going to go with dogs, of dog-friendly, dog-aggressive, dog-selective. How do you gauge that with cats? So it's, a, it's almost identical. Um, slow introductions. Um, like I'll, I'll give an example um, right now. I have a, a cat we got from Wichita over the weekend. Um, the foster is going out of town. So I have her and she does not like other cats. I've tested her. I've let them smell. I have go through all the whole thing of all the kind of the rules of which do you have oven mitts on when these introductions happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I probably should. I have been bit. It does hurt. But actually my first cat bite was from my own cat when um, we had a foster dog. So <laughs> that they, yeah, it was not fun. Yeah. Slow introductions, whether that's having them in a separate room so they can smell each other under the door. Sometimes it takes a week. Sometimes it takes a month. Um, it just, it's just like dogs. I mean, not all of us like each other immediately. Sometimes we don't ever like each other. The people are, it's very similar to people. Can't all be friends. We can be cordial, but cats probably aren't going to be cordial. <laughs> they hiss and they, they swat. What we tell people, whether it's they have dogs or cats, because people always want to know, is this cat dog friendly? Is this dog cat friendly? Like we see it on both sides. How do you send a cat into a home with dogs, not knowing if the dog is okay with cats? I could add to that story. So um, my second foster, Phil Pam, the reason I ended up with her is because she did get adopted out. And the people that adopted her said they're dog-like cats. And that didn't end up being the case. So, and I, again, I don't know what kind of intros happened. I don't, I was not involved in that. But yeah, I 100% agree with Beth. You just have to, you have to give them time. And that's, 
that's a little bit of a hiccup at my house because my house is perfect for me, but it's small. And I don't have a lot of space to separate them. So we, Beth and I, or Dina, or whoever it is, we have to have a lot of conversations and ensure that it's a pretty chill cat. So like I talked about Trego earlier, literally the best cat ever. Pam was never mean, mean, but she would just hiss at him for no reason. And he would just walk by like, Meh, okay. I guess we can use Bianca, Jen's cat, oh. B, as a great example. Like B came in... And was just... I'm just going to say, if you don't follow the chronicles of Jen and Bianca, you are missing out on free entertainment. Right. It's my life to make that cat love me. Yeah. She's cool with me until I try to leave. And then she tries to attack my leg. Yeah, she so, was purring on my leg for five yep. seconds and then started beating me. Yep. Yeah. So B, like, didn't like anybody. Not even Jen. But over time, when you watch the videos on Facebook... She loves Jen. Yes. And then she ends up being cordial with the dogs. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Mm -hmm. I love watching it. The whole thing just makes me laugh because I know Jen's not a cat person. But she is... I hope you're listening to this episode, Jen. She is so invested and cares about Bianca and her well-being and her happiness and documenting it. Well, that's like, to add to that... Technically, the first cat we ever had at Oisin Forever is Bad Cat. Right. I mean, if you really think about it, Bad Cat, R.I.P., Bad Cat, did, the name was appropriate. And we've talked about Charlotte before. Oh, Charlotte so, was perfect. But so yeah. Charlotte was Jin's second cat yeah. after Bad Cat, right? It was yes. Bad Cat, Charlotte, and now it's B. Yeah, Bad Cat, if you really want to get technical about it, was the first Oisin Forever cat. No, yes, that cat was because you remember when we went to go paint when Jen first turned the horse, what is it called? Barn. Oh, horse barn. And Jen, really, okay, hold on. Remember when Jen. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm keeping this all in there. Okay, Because you remember when Jen had first transition from the horse barn to the dog sanctuary bad cat was around right i think so no i don't think so bad cat was around bad cat came around pretty early don't quote me i don't remember I, when not, but bad cat was there when i started may of 2019 which was a year okay, okay so 2018. Bad, 2018 bad cat was there 2018 okay we should just call jen <laughs> she wouldn't answer no because she'll take up this whole episode you're right okay we have more important topics to get to outside of us speculating on when jen got bad cat one of the things we are very interested about, and Jen brought it up on our last episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back. The biggest challenges with YouTube being so invested in cats and how quickly people are to dismiss their lives. If they're not adopted and fostered in this amount of time, how quickly they can be euthanized. And I'm not saying dogs are different, but I think there's not as much of an impact to some people if it's just a cat compared to a dog how does that affect you what are your views on that the reality of it all and i don't know how else to word it but you know what i'm talking about if cats are just easily disregarded more so than other animals whoever wants to go first on this <laughs> i would say it's hurtful it's emotional and they're living creatures too so why they are dismissed so easily is beyond me, but it, it, I think you just have to keep powering through it because are they forgotten at many rescues, at many shelters, many pounds, 
Yeah, absolutely. They most of the um, resources seem to go towards the dogs. And I love dogs. I have two of my own. I I adore them um, just as much as I do cats. My world is cats. So finding a balance of being able to save them at the same, you know, with the same support as, as the dogs do is, is very challenging. Um, I have made many, many contacts, not just out in Wichita, um, here in Kansas City, some out in Missouri, um, you know, lots of people that that I can reach out to. We work together. We learn together. We do freedom drives. I mean, it is it's a very similar world to the dogs. It's just not as well known. Yeah, I was going to say again, not a cat expert, so don't quote me on this. But cats can have so many more litters than dogs can, and so like if a cat is not fixed, I mean, it can just you know there can be so many kittens. And, like, I know the part of town I live in needs a lot of help with, like, um, it's called TNR, which is Trap, Neuter, and Release. And so um, there's a lot of outreach programs and other things like that that really try to keep that cat population down. And so just any ways people can help, even if you're not a cat person or can't have cats for whatever reason. Like, in your local area, supporting TNR and supporting other outreach efforts, like, that's how I really got started a billion years ago, I won't say how long, with some other rescues was doing outreach. And a lot of it was dogs and cats. And that really opened my eyes to just how many cats are out there that need that. Because, and Beth can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that even cats can have, like, more than one litter, like, at the same time. Like, they can literally be pregnant by multiple male cats at the same time. So when you think about, and again, (laughs) I know, sorry. Mind-blowing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's important to think about just... A cat, and again, I would encourage people to to look up and Google it because one cat can produce so many more kittens than, say, a dog can puppies. So when people don't get cats fixed, and I think Beth talked about it earlier, it's it's a pretty inexpensive thing. Like if you had some cats in your neighborhood, there's a lot of resources out there where you can contact them. They will give you a... Um, not a kennel. What's the word I'm looking for? A trap. a trap. You can get them. You can take them to some local folks and get them fixed they clip their ear or they'll also put a little tattoo basically on their belly so if you see them out and about if you ever see this is a good thing to note if you ever see a cat that's got a little triangle clipped out of their ear you know they've been tnr'd also sometimes you can look and sorry see for us new cat people what is TNR she hasn't mean? been listening trap and sorry. neutered <laughs> yeah oh, my trap God. neuter release release don't be blasting me on the podcast <laughs> yeah it's okay it's okay. So yeah, tra- <laughs> there are good things about these cats too. Mm-hmm. We just needed them to not keep reproducing. Yes. So if you happen to see a stray cat in your neighborhood, if you see that little triangle on their ear, or if I know sometimes with cats, you can't really just pick it up and look at its belly. <laughs> or no, I learned that when I was 12 years old. Yeah, so they get a tiny little, it's usually blue or green, and they get a little tattoo on their belly. But the ear clip is the best one to look for. Another good thing to say about the the spaying, the reason they tattoo um, dogs too, is because the only way to tell if a dog or a cat has been spayed is by opening them up. So they'll have to have surgery no matter what. 
if we're going to go to spay them, if they don't have the tattoo, we can't see that they've been spayed. The vet still has to open them up. They still have to perform surgery. Now they'll just open them up and close them. In order to spay them, they have to have the tattoo. That way we can save the poor kitties to go through that. So with all this happening and cats knowing the signs, how do you handle your emotions and contain the amount of cats that you bring into your life? So I think that um, is... You know, I think all of this can tie between whatever pet you have, Um, whether you like snakes, whether you like rabbits, whether you like cats or dogs. I think, number one, there are rules in many cities that require you to stay under a certain number. It is hard, and I never realized it until there have been a couple of cats that have come through my home that are really hard to let go. But the thing I tell my fosters and anybody else is, especially in that in the foster and rescue environment is if you adopt every foster you have, you are restricting yourself from fostering and saving others. So it's really important to know that if you... I failed at that. I (laughs) adopted my second foster. (laughs) Are you trying to tell me I need to foster cats? Yes. (laughs) You're allergic. Get a shot. Continue, Beth. But I can add to that. They do say, there's a quote I hear a lot, that fostering saves two lives Mm -hmm. because it saves the life of the animal you're fostering and it opens up a space in the shelter. I absolutely agree with you. Mm -hmm. So that's, everybody always like talks to me about like, I have a lot of friends that always jokingly, and I know they're joking, but they're always like, well, you have to keep them. You can't let them go. You have to keep them. And I'm like, hey, so mind you, I live in a like thousand square foot house. I can only have so many. Pam's not the easiest to live with, so I can only have certain fosters. So that's what saves me, honestly. Wait, you only have two cats? Only got two, then fosters. She needs another one. Well, she asks all the time. I do. I always say if there's a we will very chill the right cat, one. they have to be super chill and laid back, and they have to be FIV. Do you think Jen can get another cat with B? Um, so... I don't think Jen wants another cat. She's a one cat household. So listen, I think B has done great with her and she has done great with B, right? B has found the home that she needed with the openness of Jen. There are a limit of cats that a foster can have in their home at a time. I've not created a number. Um, We've never, we've gotten close. I've had to have conversations because I think it's, it's a health issue. At some point, um, specifically with cats, I, I, dogs, I think just logistically sounds like a nightmare, but cats, you know, you have litter boxes. It's just, it's just a different thing. And you have to keep up on that and be sanitary. And my biggest thing is I don't want somebody to walk into my house and know that I have a cat lounge in the basement mm-hmm. when, and because they can smell it. That, that is one of my biggest fears same that's very fair we are getting towards the end of the episode so i want you to each because i don't think we i think we might have a cat episode part two i don't know because there's so much no, we haven't covered we will because i really want to know more what is that coming from <laughs> i really thought serena was playing morbius <laughs> i'm like I that is like that is not a pre-recorded sound <laughs> No, dead serious. I thought it was like on like an award show when someone talks too long and you cut them off and you start playing the music. I really thought Serena was like.
We, we forgot to tell our guests to turn off no, the phones no, 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 before no. we started that recording. That is our alarm. We are inviting you both back because this was just the like we just scratched the surface of the, what a cat would do on your couch without a plastic cover. <laughs> And I have so many more questions, and we need to dive into what's happening in at Wichita and all these other pounds within the area. That's but no what one I wants to know. listen to a podcast that's over an hour because that's unless you're on a road trip. No. Yeah. So we Kingston are welcoming you back. Could probably have a sibling of a cat. I'm. I'm not getting a cat. But oh, we are like going to welcome you back because there are so many other topics. So, Shelby, you have one more thing to say? Just super, super quick. This really is for the dogs and the cats. But um, I always like to put a shameless plug out for people to follow us on all our social media accounts. So, we have a ton of followers on Facebook, but we have Instagram and we have TikTok. Always and Forever KC is our TikTok, which we post. I try to post a lot of the cat good morning videos that Beth puts up and other things there's a lot of stuff from all the locations I know Sarita's done well and you too Sheila have done a bunch of TikToks for us and stuff so just a shameless plug can I end or do you want to say something you can add whatever you want you're a (laughs) co-host I know that's right okay is there a cat that's been with always and forever for a while that needs some attention and that could be the cover girl boy of our podcast absolutely and actually um he's kind of a cool story so he was part of a hoarding situation like chunk and pam and came to the osawatomi pound last summer or this summer um i've had him about six or eight months so Glowworm has probably been the longest with us. Um, he was part of a hoarding situation and got him in either December or January of this year or December of last year, I guess. The Osawatomie Pound, they, every month they have a theme for naming their dogs and cats. And so that theme was 90s games and toys. And so Glowworm, if for those of you that were around around then. So he came to me and he needed, he had a horrible eye infection. He lost one of his eyes and he was almost feral. So I came really close to thinking he needs to go to a barn. And last week, I am not kidding you, he got on my desk and he crawled up under my arm and got, tried to get on my, on my chest and he sits at my feet every day since the past week. He lets my husband and my kids touch him. Just doesn't like to be picked up. But he is a great story and would make an amazing pet for somebody. And it, it's a great, and he's a great story. Do you have photos you can share with me so I can make him our cover cat? Do you follow my adoptable stage? Here, hold on. Look, Beth putting us on blast. Okay, Is it Beth, different than adoptable no, pets? Yes, because we all I the, don't the adoptable pets are only focused on dogs. I don't think we follow the cats one. I don't ever I see apologize. the cats one. I know, apologize. That's right. I need Beth to follow come. that. Yeah, Beth comes. This is why we're gonna have a part two. I'm going to thank you both for coming out. And it has been so fantastic to follow up with more in-depth questions now that we have just scratched the surface. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to leave you. I have one joke from my website and then Sai will end the episode like she always does. But first, I'm going to ask everyone, what is a cat's favorite TV show? Really? Garfield? Tom and Jerry. 
Um, my cats love to watch bird videos on YouTube. If anybody needs them, there are specific YouTube videos for cats. Then there's like cat TV, basically. My friend just sent a Snapchat of her cat watching birds. But that's not yep, the answer to sorry. this joke. According to living.greatpetcare.com, it is claw in order. Thank you guys again for joining us on the cat episode. As always, it's never too late for a happily ever after.